Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. It's a rainy Wednesday evening here in Winnipeg. Hopefully it's nice wherever you are, what you know, whatever time of day you're listening to it. But you know, I'm recording this, getting ready to watch uh, Dynamite. The Leaf game is on in the background right now and getting ready for another loss. I mean, what can I say? But we are uh, we're at the end of October and winter is right around the corner. The holidays are around the corner, but we just got off an action-packed weekend of wrestling. I mean, be, besides all of the indie shows that were broadcasted, I mean, Thursday we had Time Bomb Pro's Violence is Forever. Eric was uh, on the show a few weeks back, and he helped run down the car just, and just talk about Time Bomb Pro in general. If you haven't listened, please go check it out. Um, we had that. Friday night was Rampage. Saturday night, Dynamite. Bound for Glory was Saturday, you know, and then there's everything else. I think there was a New Japan show, if I'm not mistaken. So there was there was lots going on. So hopefully you were able to find something that you enjoyed and were able to check something out to uh, just to uh, just to watch. Because, I mean, that's what we're all here for is watching wrestling. So nonetheless, I mean, we're going to talk about the uh, Bound for Glory uh, pay-per-view a little bit later on. But we're going to start things off just recapping the time bomb pro violence is forever show now i'm not going to relay you know everything match by match because i would prefer that you go out of your way and check out the replay it's up on iwtv under time bomb pro and it was a fantastic card from top to bottom everyone delivered everyone gave it their all and you could it was incredibly evident just how much passion everyone has involved with it Eric did a great job putting the card together. The announcers did a fantastic job. Ring announcer Brady, he uh, he did a great job. He looked dapper as ever. And every single wrestler, every person involved with it, they you could tell that this was something special for them and that it really it meant a lot. Um, the first match was Orrin Veidt versus Alex Zane. Um, Orrin Veidt has been a staple with Time Bomb Pro since the beginning almost. And uh, he's someone who... He, he always gives 110 percent he uh he goes out he it's like he's putting on every matches you know what's the word i'm looking for he's gonna deliver 100 percent. he never wants to disappoint and that's the that's the vibe i get from watching him and i mean alex zane is back on the indies after a stint in new york and he was a replacement for paul london which uh we're familiar about but uh, Alex Zane is back on the indies and he's, you know, he's really, he's putting himself out there once again, doing GCW, PWG, uh, New Japan, uh, the tapings out in Philadelphia. He wrestled Will Ospreay. So he's all over the place. And these two went out and there was a bit of different styles between the two, but they still really delivered a fantastic match. You know, it was really great to see just, uh, just what the two of them could do in the ring together. So, I mean, there was that. There was um, Badger Briggs facing off against Jordan. And being able to have seen from when Badger first started off with Time Bomb to where she is now. And the stories that uh, the story that they've been able to tell with Badger. It's 
it's incredible just seeing the development and the the performance you know she's badger's doing an incredible job and this match was more of the same and eric had mentioned it when he was on about storytelling especially on indie shows and uh you do see a lot of indie shows and it's you know all the power to them where they'll you know load up just with different various wrestlers plugging them in and putting on you know a show like that i mean sure you had people from outside coming into uh into time bomb you know with minoru suzuki alex zane but one thing time bomb definitely does very very well is their storytelling it was evident in the badger briggs match it was evident in the damon spriggle versus eric cannon match and the post match with uh jossie afterwards you know the storytelling they they do a fantastic job with that and it's really something great to see with independent wrestling it would be so easy just to load up um, as much outside talent, but to to still have that outside talent, but to still deliver uh, interesting, developing storylines, I think that's definitely a, a very big uh, feather in their cap. So that's something to uh, something to keep in mind. But Badger and Jordan had a fantastic striking exchange, and especially watching Badger just going for the submissions, and the the way that Badger was able to pull off the win was just. I really like the ending to this match. I'll just say that. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'd mentioned Damon Spriggle and uh, Eric Cannon. They had a great match. There was, I think I retweeted a couple GIFs of it out there of uh, just some suplexes that uh, Eric had dished out, you know, very good, very crisp match. And they told a great story of uh, student versus trainer and just uh, how far Spriggle's come along as well, you know. So there was that. Um, uh, there was, uh, sorry, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, Kevin Koo and uh, Brian Keith, if I'm not mistaken. I'm punching it up right here. Yes, yes, Brian Keith. Um, they had a great match as well. Very crisp in the ring, very solid. And watching those two together, it was just so, so smooth. It was really great to watch. Definitely, I would love to see those two run it back again. I'm really interested to see just what's next, especially uh, especially for both of those guys. So and we had Dr. Cube and Gabriel Sky. This is the first time I'd ever seen Gabriel Sky, and uh, definitely very entertaining to watch in the ring. So check out check out the match. I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised with this one, especially the last uh, you know last seven minutes or so. I thought it was great, and I mean the show was capped off with uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Dominic Greeny. And, I mean, Dominic Greeny is the Time Bomb Pro champion. Minoru Suzuki was just, he had a few more dates after this show where uh, he faced off with Dominic. But uh, seeing him wrestling in front of that crowd, the crowd was, it was like there was, you know, you, if you were only listening just with the reactions of the crowd, you would think it was, you know, 10,000 people there or you know 8,000 people you know it was a packed crowd they were right into it the singing along to the theme song the chanting you know like it was it was great to see like you almost get goosebumps when you're listening to them so they were they were definitely the fans in attendance definitely got a treat with this match and I don't know I'm I know Dominic's got some stuff going on so hopefully he's going to be able to take care of you know whether it's injuries or whatever, I'm not, I don't know what's going on, but hopefully he's able to take care. 
and we can see him back in the ring. But there, there was a, a chop exchange between the two where the sound of it, the sound of Minoru chopping Dominic was ear piercingly loud, and it was just so savage. I mean, it was definitely something really, really intense. So I mean, being able to see. Minoru Suzuki in front of this crowd wrestling for Time Bomb Pro. I mean, it was just really something special. So I'm not going to get into all the winner, winners and losers because, I mean, I want you to go check out the uh, check out the replay. I know I did ruin the Badger Briggs match, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'll save the rest for you to go, go to your way and check it out because uh, it was definitely a very great show. It was, I mean, it's going to go down in history. When did we ever think that we're going to see Minoru Suzuki wrestling a show in the Midwest like that, wrestling in Fargo? Like, being able to see that, it was definitely something special. I think that's the best way to say it. So kudos to everyone at Time Bomb, everyone involved. Thank you to them for putting on the show. It was a great card. And you know what? I'm I'm very stoked for what's next with them and the next show to come up. And you're going to keep it tuned here. I'll make sure to let you know when that does come up. And we'll be able to, uh, hopefully we'll be able to chat some more about it because, I mean, I'm just, I'm really stoked about what they're doing. So, so that was the uh, Time Bomb Pro Violence is Forever show. Let me know your thoughts if you're, if you're able to check it out, because I'd really like to know what you thought, likes, dislikes, favorite matches, you know, like definitely tweet it out there and, uh, you know, use the hashtag Violence is Forever. Let them know what the, uh, what a great job that they did, so. Coming up this Saturday, though, one of this is basically I mean, I get into it a little bit with my uh, with my guests coming up, but this is basically the first uh, PCW show in Manitoba since February 2020. So PCW is making its return to Lundar, Manitoba for uh, the Lundar Halloween Massacre show. It's this Saturday, October 30th. And I was lucky enough to be joined by Leo London. He is a mainstay with PCW. He's been on the, I was lucky enough to have him on the podcast uh, earlier and for a, a full sit down interview. And it was great having him on. And I was fortunate enough to have him join me again just to uh, preview the upcoming card and to talk, uh, talk about what PCW has got in store for all the fans October 30th. So we're going to jump to that right now. So this Saturday, October 30th, in Lundar, Manitoba, PCW is making its return to wrestling action in Manitoba. They've got the Lundar Halloween Massacre at the Lundar Curling Club, 2 p.m. start time. Leo, this is the last show PCW had was back in February 2020. So this is it's a long time coming. Uh yeah, it absolutely is. And it feels like it's away from home. Um, PCW's home. It's away from our home city, even. So it feels like we're still waiting a little bit. We've got like one foot on base, though. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it's uh, it's the beginnings of, you know, the start of big things to come with PCW, so to say. You know, you get this show done in Lundar and then it'll be on to, you know, getting one done in Ho- Winnipeg, hopefully. Yeah, it's all a matter of like slowly getting things revamped and restarted, figuring out where everyone is after all this time. Mm-hmm. Some people might not be coming back at all. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, you were fortunate enough to uh, actually have a few matches the past few months. I mean, you were in RCW uh, just recently you did with uh, FPW love wrestling out in Alberta. So, I mean, you have been able to keep active with this. 
A little bit, yeah. Not nearly as much as I would like. And I can, I still, uh, I was also out in Saskatchewan training as much as possible for a while there too. Uh, when I thought restrictions were going to be lifting up a little bit more than they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been able to stay somewhat active and get a few great matches in. I really enjoyed the one out in force pro in particular, uh, with Mitch Clark for love wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good. I thought, um, so yeah, I'm excited to come back home to PCW. It's going to be a different feel, I think, but a familiar one. Now, what sort of emotions do you have heading into this first show back in Manitoba? Um, I'm a, I'm a lot nervous and uh, mostly excited because, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've had been, been back in PCW locker room. So I imagine I'm going to be quite emotional when I come in and see everybody, like all my friends. Um who some of them I really only get to see on show days because they live in different cities, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that aspect that's quite uh, weighing on me. Then there's like PCW is my home base and I want to do my best to impress there every time. Not that I don't do my best to impress everywhere, but uh, there's a little extra pressure when it comes to PCW. And um, I'm just hoping that I can not disappoint anybody uh including myself (laughs) (laughs) so there's a lot of pressure but a lot of excitement Mm -hmm. now heading into this what does it mean to be able to finally step foot back in a ring you know in manitoba um well this is this where i'm situated this is the home base so Mm -hmm. everything else if it definitely felt like a return to like wrestling and a little bit of normal life but it didn't didn't feel like I was returning home. And I think it'll feel a little bit like that. Uh, Can you hear my cat? Uh, Yeah, but that's okay. I'll let her in and she'll be quiet. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. It it felt like, um, it felt like a return, but not a return home. And I think that's going to be the biggest difference. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that first show back in Winnipeg, that'll really be something special, I think. Not to say that this one isn't special, but that one will definitely mean something to, I think, a lot of people, whether it's the fans or the wrestlers participating. Yeah, for sure. And um, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say, but, you know, maybe don't get too wasted on on New Year's Eve. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll, you know, I, we have talked a little bit off air and there are big things to come from PCW coming up. And I mean, it's a lot for Winnipeg wrestling fans to be excited for and just know that there are some things coming. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, this is more like slowly getting things. The pot is slowly starting to serve. We're at simmer right now before we go into <laughs> full on cooking in the new year. Um, so yeah, between like Force Pro probably coming back, or Love Wrestling and Force Pro coming back in January, and then um, a possible PCW return in the new year, January is looking to be stacked for me for um, for wrestling mm-hmm. uh, because there's I might be uh, might be going overseas as well, so it's going to be a busy time of the year. I mean that is incredible news, and that's very exciting. I mean for you and for the fans out there to be able to see that. I really hope so. Uh, it's all a matter of with my um, overseas date, it's all a matter of like whether or not I'm allowed to travel because like some, 
some places don't let you travel with specific combinations of the vaccine and like mm-hmm. all this other kind of like restrictions. I don't know how the outbreaks are going to be mm-hmm. like, we just don't know. So I, I'm not going to give too much away in case I can't do it, mm-hmm. but like, hopefully that plans out for me as well. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, being vaccinated now the show on Saturday, that's uh, it's vaccines, you know, it's something that's all the fans will have to have made sure that they're up to date on and all that. And you've got to wear your masks in there, you know, all the safety precautions are being taken. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, ev- everyone has to be vaccinated if they're going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some people have made different choices and, you know, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can only, you can only control yourself and do so much when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. So now this Saturday, what can the fans expect? Those that are making the trek out from Winnipeg out to Lundar, the Lundar faithful that are going to be checking out the show. I know that uh, one match announced was uh, Jay Walker versus JL Spiker for the PCW Canadian Championship. What can they expect? Uh, so I, that's probably one of the bigger matches coming in because those two have a lot of history with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also told that there's going to be a... Uh, it's not a lumberjack match because they're firefighters. So I guess firefighter lumberjack match. (laughs) So um, I believe the main event, that's going to be the main event. Now, whoever's in the main event, I don't know yet. I don't know if that's the Canadian championship. It's all being kept a surprise, even from us. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely going to be interesting going into a, a show in a new city, a new like territory for PCW. And we, I don't even know who I'm wrestling yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that presents its own challenges and rewards. Because mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't have time. We don't have to get into our heads about like what everything we're going to do. We just got to kind of just see how it goes. Would you be quiet for one minute? <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, I mean, heading into a show like this where you don't know what to expect, do you prefer that uh, heading into a show? Or do you like to know who your opponent is and what to expect? Uh, I like knowing who I'm going to wrestle um, for sure. Not only for like, it makes promotion a lot easier. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to say like, for example, my match with Mitch Clark, it was very easy to say like, I am wrestling Mitch Clark. This is what I'm doing. Come and see this. As opposed to like, I am on a show. I will be doing something. Mm-hmm. Come and see this. Because generally the people who are going to sit there and listen to your promos yeah, they're wrestling fans, but if they're listening to your promo, they are your fan. They are invested yeah. in what you want to do, not just wrestling in general. Mm-hmm. So I gen- generally prefer to have my matches announced in advance for that reason. Um, but it also means like you can come up with ideas for the matches and stuff like that. A battle plan going against your opponents, things like that. Oh, for sure. Now, I know myself, I'm very stoked for the show. I'm excited PCW is going to be back. I do wish it was in Winnipeg, but it's still a step in the direction that we are, we're all hoping for. So now it's this Saturday, October 30th. Where are tickets available? If people want more information, where can they find it? Uh, the PCW homepage is the best place to find out all that information um, mm-hmm. because I'm not situated out there i'm not sure where they've been getting tickets um but last i had heard they'd already sold out from one of the uh one of the distributors so that's pretty crazy that's awesome um but yeah the pcw uh facebook page pcw twitter that's definitely the best place to like keep in touch with all that stuff all the like 
behind the scenes stuff like tickets and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So definitely check that out. And I mean, everyone listening, make sure you go out of your way, wish Leo a belated happy birthday because it was just a few days ago and, you know, send him the birthday wishes on Twitter. Let him know that uh, it's, it's okay to, you know, another year around the sun. So. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> Leo, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to stop by and uh, talk about the upcoming show. I'm super stoked for it. I'm glad you guys are going to be back and it's, uh, it's going to be something good. Yep. It's going to be awesome. And I hope everyone can make it. Uh, the whole PCW family's got to be there. It's not going to be the same. I'm very stoked. I'm hoping to make my way out there. It all depends with work on Saturday. I'm as long as nothing comes up, then I'm going to start early and make the trip out to Lundar. And uh, I'm I'm stoked for it. So it should be a very good show. Hopefully you can make your way out there. And uh, if I am out there, definitely, if you're listening, stop by, say hi. You know, let's shoot the shit about wrestling. And uh, let's just watch PCW back in action. I'm very stoked for them. I'm stoked for the big things to come with them. And the uh, we kind of teased it a little bit, but uh, things to come with them in the next few months. So it should be great. And uh, I can't wait. So October 30th, Lundar, PCW, be there. But I mentioned earlier, beginning of the show, this past weekend we had uh, Impact Bound for Bound for Glory pay-per-view. I kind of keep tabs on Impact. You know, I know, you know, I'll read the results, and if there's a match that I really want to see, I, I go on my way to watch it um, because they do, they do have some solid matches. But this was a card that I figured, you know what, I'm going to sit through it, watch it all, and uh, just relay some thoughts about it and just go over everything and uh the main event was josh alexander versus christian cage for the impact world title um the bound for glory card it's our pay-per-view it started off with a like a really great josh alexander uh preview you know just talking about you know how much the championship would mean to him how like focusing on his family and how he's such a family man and really really drove home the point of who he's doing this for and how much it means to him. And it was really impactful. So that's how it started off. And it was, uh, if you go out of your way and check it out, I know that they had done a few sort of preview uh, hype up videos like this, you know, video packages. So um, it was more, there's that eight minute one, if I'm not mistaken, but this was just a shorter one just to sort of get you in there. And I mean, Josh Alexander, he had wrestled for Winnipeg pro wrestling a few times and he has, he's Canadian. He's made his way through and through wrestling the independence up here. And uh, I mean, he was someone that I'm hopefully, you know, I, I want to see, be able to see him live one day. So the, the pay-per-view kicks off with the um, knockouts tag team titles. We had the decay, uh, Rosemary and Havoc versus the debuting Inspiration. Uh, Inspiration was the Iconics in WWE and NXT. Uh, there they were, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Now they are Jesse McKay and Cassie Lee, I think. I think that's what it is. Um, so this was their debut. They had done a few like video packages in promotional type things leading up to this but this was the first time they were step stepping foot in the ring i mean in nxt and wwe i thought they were definitely an entertaining uh team i think with when they did go up to the main roster this weaknesses were exposed a little bit more than in nxt and it was a little bit more evident but uh i mean 
I kind of have them on the same level as, say, like the wingmen in AEW, where they can be out there and I'll still be entertained, but I don't need, you know, a 20-minute match with them. But I'll still enjoy them, be entertained by what they do, because some of their promos they did in New York, I mean, the video packages that they do or whatever, the with Kayla Braxton and uh, just the, you got to be kidding me and stuff like that. You know, it's, it was always great. I always laughed. I thought it was fantastic work, but so the decay theme, always a banger. Love it. Rosemary Manitoba born. Um, she is someone who uh, I'm a fan of. I, I mean, I'd still love to have her on the show just to talk wrestling. That's like a, a goal of mine is to have her on here. But uh, the, uh, the match it was it was all right it was nothing go home but it was your standard you know tag team match you could tell that they were they were tried but there were still a few kind of hiccups along the way but the inspiration they ended up getting the win with it was like a powerbomb neck breaker combo almost um so they win they became the new impact tag team champion or knockout tag team champions and it'll be interesting to see what they what they can do there i think impact is the perfect uh place for them they do allow i think more creativity than a place like ring of honor or aew might so i think they'll be better suited for that environment so i mean hell they even have actual women's tag teams where there's you know none in wwe right now so at least impact is doing that so just to see where they go with them, it'll be it'll be very interesting. I know they just finished up their last round of tapings. Um, I only know a few results, but it'll we'll have to wait and see just exactly what they do with them. Next up was uh, an X Division title match. We had this was for the vacant X Division title that Josh Alexander had to give up for the title shot tonight. We had Steve Macklin, who used to be in WWE as. Steve Cutler, if I'm not mistaken, one of the Forgotten Sons. Steve Macklin versus El Fantasmo versus Trey Miguel. So this match was incredible. It was very entertaining. This was my favorite match of the night. LP, El Fantasmo, and Trey Miguel had incredible chemistry together. Just watching them in the ring, the moves they were able to do, and just the uh, the way they flowed so well together was really great to see. Um there was one one spot where Macklin and uh, El Fantasmo were trading strikes, but on Miguel, basically who could hit him hardest, or you know, it was just something kind of kind of different that you don't always see. But um, El Fantasmo, you know what you're going to get with him. He's incredibly talented and he's very entertaining in the ring. Uh, he's one of my favorites, and I I really was hoping for him to win the uh, X Division title even though he is a New Japan wrestler I thought it would mean I thought it would mean quite a bit but uh, he was busting out the uh, cartwheel back rakes and uh, there at one point Trey Miguel did a, a handspring off the a, a handspring to bounce off the ropes I'm doing the hand motions here like you can see me but do a handspring off the ropes and Macklin actually caught him with a spear after he had put his hands down which just looked incredible speared him right through the ropes uh, LP, he had a power bomb on Macklin from the top rope, and then a super uh, super rana to Trey Miguel. Um, the finish, LP went for a low blow on Miguel. He was wearing a cup. Uh, 
next thing you know, uh, Miguel hits him with a brain buster, a meteor off the top rope. And I mean, that was it. Trey Miguel got the win. Uh, this was actually the second Trey Miguel match I watched on the week. And the first one was against Jonathan Gresham from Warrior Wrestling. And that was incredibly, incredibly entertaining too. So uh, yeah, Trey Miguel, new X Division champion. Uh, next up, we had Heath, the former Heath Slater, facing off against Violent by Design. Not to be confused with Violence is Forever. Uh, it was Heath and a mystery partner. So you had uh, Diener and Adult Cash, Joe Doring, not Kid Cash, but Adult Cash, uh, as the Violent by Design team. And I mean, Violent by Design, they definitely have the meth house from Breaking Bad kind of look vibe going on with them, so... It was just your standard tag match. There wasn't anything stand out from this match, but uh, Rhino ended up being the mystery partner. Him and Heath reunite. Gordiner, he, Gord Diener got the win, and uh, you know we're going to see more of Heath and Rhino together. They did a video package about Awesome Kong being inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame, which is incredible because. She had some fantastic matches with Gail Kim. I mean, they're going to go down in history as some of the best impact matches and feud, impact matches and feud of all time. Sorry. They did a recap of that. They recapped the Digital Media Championship, which Jordan Grace won. And then next up was the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. So I'll relay the entrances and eliminations, but there was so much going on that it'd be. It would take me a half hour just to relay this match. So you had Chris Sabin in first. Next up was Rocky Romero um, coming from New Japan. Madman Fulton was up after that. Rohit Raju. Then Tasha Steeles. Rocky Romero got eliminated. Next up was Rachel Ellering. Um, one thing that uh, Impact is, you know, they're not afraid to do, and it's definitely something that they could uh, make their own since none of the other companies are really doing it is intergender wrestling uh, some people are fans of it some people don't like it and it's I mean it's preference but if they really want something that can stand out they've done it before I mean Tessa Blanchard was the impact world champion for a while if they want something to stand out then I think that's definitely an alley that they could uh, go down because you don't see it anywhere else WWE doesn't want it AEW I think they've done one intergender match and that was on the Jericho Cruise last year that was never televised or anything so they have enough talented wrestlers that they could do an intergender sort of you know the feuds or whichever you want to do so I'm curious as if it's something that they're going to continue to do and promote and fully see what they can do with it. So it's definitely an option for them. So whether they do it or not, they might just do the, you know, things like this where it's the call your shot or the odd matchup. But the way that they had, uh, you know, a moose, there was a backstage promo, the with Jordan Grace before the match and Rachel Ellering where moose interrupted. So they do tease it a lot. So, just something to watch for. Savannah Evans was out next. Uh, Rachel Ellering got eliminated. Johnny Swinger out after that. Then Melina. I think Savannah Evans was eliminated too. Sometimes it was tough to keep track just with so much going on. I mean, I think Madman Fulton was eliminated and they didn't mention it. 
So, uh, next out was the Kiss Demon, who, I mean, I'd seen on an old episode of Nitro and Thunder that I was watching a few weeks back, but, I mean, I haven't heard from the Kiss Demon in a long time. There was a little uh, interchange with him and Johnny Swinger, and Swinger ended up getting eliminated from that. Then out, we had Brian Myers, Matt Cardona, Laredo Kid from AAA, and MLW. He was out. Sam Beal, Rich Swan. Out went Brian Myers. Then out came Ace Austin. Uh, Demon was eliminated. The Kiss Demon was eliminated. Out came Moose. Then Sam Beal was gone. Eddie Edwards out next. Laredo Kid was gone. Alicia Edwards then was out next. And then followed by W. Morrissey, the uh, former Big Cass. And then that was the all the entrants. Then Alicia got eliminated. Eddie Edwards. Rahid Raju, who is still in the ring. He got eliminated. Uh, Ace Austin was out. Chris Sabin was out. And then uh, after that, it was Rich Swan and W. Morrissey getting eliminated. So that left the final two as Matt Cardona and Moose. With those two left in the ring, they actually had just a standard wrestling match. And it was a solid match. I mean, Moose is, I think he's definitely, after his match with Ishii, he's really uh, stood out to me as someone who can have good matches. He had his match with Kenny Omega earlier this year. So he's de- he, he definitely has uh, a lot to him. Um, finish came where Cardona missed the radio silence off the top rope. Moose hit the spear. He got the win and the next call your shots. Uh, it's like the money in the bank. Whenever he wants a shot, he gets it. After that, we had the, a three-way for the Impact Tag Team Championships. You had the champions, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, against Finn Juice versus the Bullet Club, Hikaleo and Chris Bay. Uh, one thing that incredibly noticeable was how vocal Juice Robinson was throughout the match, you know, just almost calling a shot and commentating and the entire way. So there was that, and he almost had like a Macho Man-esque aura to him with his uh, finger points to the sky and just the mannerisms. Uh, I don't think I can emphasize just how talented Chris Bay is in the ring. I think that he's going to be a future big-time player in wrestling. He's incredibly talented. He's smooth. He's got finesse. I mean, he is solid, very entertaining in the ring. And it's crazy to think what could be if uh, he could, you know, go over to Japan right now and challenge, you know, for the uh, junior title over there. So, uh, Finjuice, they went for the uh, old power and glory finisher, the suplex, followed by the big splash. But there was a blind tag that Carl Anderson just faintly tagged Juice after he went off the top rope. So he was a legal man, threw Juice out got the win good brothers retained the titles it was a, a standard match it was it was it was all right uh next up was a christian cage promo um christian cage definitely it's it's great to see just how you know he came back earlier this year at the royal rumble and that was a surprise to everyone then seeing him in aw you know winning the impact title from kenny omega putting on a great match going to impact and being able to be a focal point there it's really great to see especially in this day and age where it was a question mark if he was ever going to be able to wrestle again so it was a good promo next up was the knockouts championship match we had mickey james facing off with the champion diana Perazzo. now this feud had been brewing for months uh even before the empower nwa empower um 
pay-per-view. I think at the last Impact pay-per-view, that's where it sort of kind of got going. But uh, Deanna Perrazzo is incredibly talented, and it's a sh- it's a shock that WWE let her go from NXT. I mean, definitely someone who could be helping out right now, and you know, being a big part of the the division over in in New York. So this was a very good match, and I mean, Deanna was able to show off a lot of strength, a lot of power in this match. Um, both of them kicked out of each other's finisher. I mean, which is something that neither had have had had happened had happened to them before um mickey kicked out of the queen's gambit and pardon me uh diana kicked out of the mickey dt so mickey ended up hitting a tornado tornado ddt got the win the crowd was definitely split over the over the finish and i mean i i do i see why i mean mickey james is an incredibly talented wrestler I still love hearing hardcore country and yelling it out as well, but it's uh Deanna Prazo is definitely something special. And I just don't know if I buy Mickey as the champion at this point. Uh, I think that although she is, you know, talented, I think she plays a better challenger than anything, you know, keeping that division, maybe percolating a little bit until they, can push someone up to that next level to challenge for the title. So I do kind of question that, but I mean, you know, that's, uh, it is what it is. So next up was the impact world title match. We had Josh Alexander versus the champion Christian cage. So I had mentioned earlier, Christian's long longevity, longevity, longevity in wrestling, especially with this, this past year, I mean, going through so much and in his career and still being able to come back and perform at the level that he does. So this was a very well-worked match. Um, Josh Alexander has definitely, he has come so far from the independence to where he is now. And it is just an absolute treat to see. So that is definitely something really great. Um, the video packages, the commentary, the commentators really pushing home, you know, how much of a family man Josh Alexander is. And I mean, what what ended up happening, like, or I'll get to that in a second, but that's pushing the family man thing. It definitely did wonders for heading towards the next storyline after this match. We'll get into that. But uh, Josh Alexander, he ends up getting the win on christian uh, christian cage he had lo- he had the ankle lock locked in and he had been working over christian's hand throughout the match so as he had the ankle lock locked in he was stepping on christian's injured hand adding extra uh force to that christian's writhing in pain has to you know give up loses josh alexander wins the impact championship everyone is super stoked for him the crowd is going nuts. His family comes into the ring and they're celebrating with him and you see the emotion on their faces and just how much it means to him and to them. Then all of a sudden, next thing you know, Moose comes out because he has the uh, Call Your Shot gauntlet. He's cashing in right then and there. And so Josh Alexander's he's focused on getting his family out of the ring, getting them to safety. Moose ends up hitting the lights out right away pins Josh Alexander, gets the one, two, three, and becomes Impact Champion. And when they've spent so long pushing the, how much it means to Josh Alexander and how much it means to his family and to have it taken away from them, I think 
you feel so bad for him and it just kind of hits you right in the gut. So they're really digging into the emotions for the viewers and being able to channel that because you want to see Josh Alexander get that title, get back in there and be able to become champion again. So to have that, I think, for the next storyline, it's just that's money right there. They did a great job with that ending, uh, that post-match, or not not post-match, but the... Uh, the Moose Josh Alexander Josh Alexander storyline there. I think what they did was just fantastic, and I'm I'm stoked to see what comes next with that. I'll tune into the next pay per view because I or next event just for that. I mean they they rattled off a couple more events. I think there's one in November, and I don't know if it's Turning Point or which one, but they did hit up a few more. So it should be interesting just to see where they go. But so that was Bound for Glory. Uh, there was big news today as well with uh, Ring of Honor deciding to after December all the contracts being released and you know kind of just resetting a little bit after the first quarter next year so it's definitely something to uh, keep your eyes peeled after December just who's going to go where and you know just to see how the dominoes fall I think it's uh Ring of Honor definitely has a place in wrestling, and I think that uh, it will be interesting to see which route they go with the wrestling landscape. There's a place for them, and I think they just need to, I mean, they definitely need fans back at their shows. That would be one thing that definitely helps out, but it's, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see just what sort of route they go with. I'm curious to see what's next for, you know, Bandito and Roosh, Dragon Lee, Brody King, because those are four guys that I absolutely love. I've been a fan of Brody King since I first saw him in uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, and he he's just a fantastic worker. So you couple that with Bandito, who's incredible, Roosh, who is their former champion. I mean, Dragon Lee is fantastic. You have Jonathan Gresham there, who's been doing Ring of Honor. He's been doing GCW shows, doing the indies. There's so many talented wrestlers there. Tony Deppen. It'll be uh, interesting to see, you know, who maybe goes to AEW, who goes to New Japan, who goes to WWE, because there's going to be interest in a lot of guys, especially with Ring of Honor, you know, shutting down for that time and the, everyone being released. I'm sure some guys will stay put and be happy that if they do have a future there. But uh, the the uh, the current landscape for them, I mean, there's a lot of question marks and it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Nonetheless, that's it for uh, this episode. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I say it every time, but uh, I'll always say it. I truly appreciate you taking the time out of your day listening to me ramble on about wrestling for 45 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever it is. But uh, thank you so much, really. Uh, I'm up on Twitter, at GrainmakerPod. Shoot me a follow up there. Shoot me a follow there. I love to talk wrestling, and I'd love to talk wrestling with you. So hit me up there. If you got questions, comments, concerns, you know, just want to talk wrestling, Hit me up on email, grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know of a guest you would like me to have. Uh, up on Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Shoot me a like if you're up on Facebook. And uh, up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. If you could shoot me a uh, shoot me a, rev- a review on there, maybe get a rating if you enjoy the podcast, you know, hey, I'd appreciate it. And it would mean a lot to me. So, 
thank you so much for uh, checking out the podcast. Hope you're doing well. And until next time, we'll talk soon.